Good morning, I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Pastor Verna Seeger. She's with the Monterey Church of God of Prophecy, and we're going to be talking with Pastor Verna about her life and about her ministries. You can see the Church of God of Prophecy in Monterey. Sunday school starts on Sunday mornings at 10. Worship is at 11. Sunday evenings, they meet again at 5 o'clock. And on Wednesday nights, they do a Bible study at 5 o'clock as well. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Thank you, Ms. Verna, for being here. You're welcome. We appreciate the invite. We're glad to, to have you here and to talk about you and your life and your calling. Um, tell me a little bit about you, Miss Verna. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Greene County, Tennessee. Um, there I was raised by my great-grandparents. Wow, your yeah. great-grandparents. Right. My um, I had twin brothers who were raised by my grandparents and they were both we were both on my dad's side of the family okay and uh in growing up uh at a young age around five and six years old my grandfather had cancer and my grandparents weren't able to keep them you know so uh at that time my dad had remarried so he was in missouri um and Anne had told him that he probably needed to try to take his sons and try to raise them since his mom and dad were in bad shape, both right. of them. And it wasn't long after he came in and got him that uh, his dad did pass away. Um, during that time, my dad only kept the boys for about a year. Oh, okay. And he adopted them out. Okay. And so in that period of time, he did adopt them to a couple who could not have children. And they raised them together. We're so thankful to God for that. But... Because of that um, and things, we were separated for almost 39 years. Oh, wow. And did not know where they were because he wouldn't come back in. Um, he wouldn't tell anybody where, where they were, what he'd done. And so in that 39 years, every time I, you know, every everywhere I was, anything that we did, we always requested prayer for us to help find them. I wanted to find them. Of course, in the adoption, they were um, last name had been changed. Right. Uh, the first name they had changed, but they kept the middle names. Okay. So that was kind of impossible for me to find, you know, almost in anything that I did. So, Lord, I started praying, help me to accept this or God, if I can't find them, help them find me. Some way help them find me. So it's been about um, 23 years ago um, that they actually did find me, one of my wow. brothers. It was very interesting because um, it was through the Salvation Army. Um, I did not know it, but I, my brother had went to work and he was talking because I had sent a picture when I was 15 years old in a letter. And, of course, it was never given to them. Okay. But the picture was put in an album. And um, by my, st- by my uh, their mother, their adoptive mother, they were always afraid if their family found them, um, they would try to come and take them, you know. So that fear was there. Sure. So I don't blame them, you know. Right. Um, 
but in this album, my sister-in-law found the picture one day and she wanted to know who it was. And she just grabbed the picture and said, um, that's nobody. Don't worry about it. So they automatically knew. And it looks so much like their daughter, their teenage daughter, oh, wow. that their grandfather thought it was. He just didn't know why she had her hair fixed that way. Right. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in um, that time, my brother demanded the picture and wanted to know. So he was talking to a guy at work, and he told him the Salvation Army has a missing persons department, which I did not know at that time. I've even spoken at the Salvation Army at one wow. of their big meetings because of this, you know, promoting them. They do a lot, a lot more than what people think. Well, let's say thank you to the Salvation Army. Oh, you're yes. And you're with the Salvation Army. We thank you for all the good work you do. Yeah, it's not just ringing the bells and Christmas gifts. I worked with them even in Bluefield, West Virginia, uh, just for their community service and different things. They give back. What Isn't you give wonderful? to them, they give back. So when you see the bell ringers at Christmas, do what you can for right. the Salvation Army. Yes, yes. And remember Pastor Verna when you do. It took them two years in searching, but they never gave up until yeah. they finally got a certified letter. And from that, uh, we were able to contact each other the next day after I got the letter. From that, I was able to fly out to Missouri and see them for the first time in 39 years. Wow. And that was an answer to prayer. Let me tell you, a long prayer, a long prayer. But How does that feel to see your brother for the first uh, time? Well, it was, uh, he met me at the airport. Um, some people said, well, if you're going, why don't you take the TV, you know, or, you know with you? And all. I just wanted a private moment. Sure. I after that. all that time we kind of passed each other in the airport a couple of times looking but um then he finally stopped and he said are you verna and so yes so we went you know we were able to embrace each other and he said he took me to um the other brother's house and ronald and donald sloan and and yeah and they are in they're still out in missouri we, we do see each other periodically. We talk on the phone, um, you know, and things. They had children. They had grandchildren, you know, and things at this time. Um, so many years had passed, but we have tried to make up for those years. And it is, it's been wonderful to be able to do that. So God answers prayers. If we hold on, God answers prayers. Pastor Verna, you have such a beautiful story, and we look forward to hearing more. You're listening this morning to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. We're here with Pastor Verna Seeger from Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here this morning with Pastor Verna Seeger from the Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. Verna, you told an absolutely beautiful story about your childhood, and it's intriguing to me to know how this little girl, raised by her great-grandparents, looking for her twin brothers, Ronald and Donald, um, has turned up in Monterey, Tennessee, as a pastor. How did you first feel this sort of uh, stirring in your heart of God calling you to, to be in this work? Um. I've been pastoring for around 30 years. Okay. Uh, before that, um, I uh, was a youth leader. I began to be a youth leader in my church, teaching Sunday school and uh, working, you know, just in my local church. And um, 
I became a district youth leader. Oh, wow. That's uh, a big job. Yeah. That, and um, there were several churches, which uh, I organized and worked through that. Um, then, you know, just step by step, I just felt more and more involved. And God's um, just impressing my mind and my heart that I needed to preach the word of God. And I began by evangelizing. Okay. And help revivals, and I would go fill in for pastors when they when they had to be gone. And then um, I really began to feel the call to pastor, to shepherd, not just to go from here to there, but to really mm-hmm. shepherd to to work directly with people. I love people, mm-hmm. and I I have a big heart for people, and I feel a big concern for people, and to walk with them through sickness and in their health and in their happy times and in their sad times. You know, a pastor has to walk through many, many things. Yes. And uh, so I I really felt that so strongly. And um, God just kept impressing. So I talked with my state overseer because I was already licensed in the ministry about being appointed. And um, I've worked here in Tennessee, but I've also worked in West Virginia. Um, I worked one year out west uh, and things. Um, Where were you out west? Uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, wow. That's a different ministry. Oh, it was a very different ministry, yeah. um, you know, and things. Um, then then I came back. I went to West Virginia for a while and worked up there and some wonderful, wonderful people. Okay. Tennessee's my home. Oh. My two children are here. So I, we came back oh, to great. Tennessee and um, just worked some here in Tennessee and Monterey. I've been there 10 years Love it. Love the people. There's some wonderful people in Monterey, as well as you are there and some of the other ministers and association that we work through, too. I think Monterey is a hidden gem. People don't always know how beautiful and wonderful Monterey is. Yes, it is. It so is. you have two sons who live no, in this area? I have two daughters. Two daughters, I'm I have sorry. one I'm daughter here and one's right outside of Memphis. Ladies, I apologize. <laughs> um, shout out to your daughters. Hello, Cindy and Tabitha. Oh, wonderful. And I have a stepson whose name is Brian, and he's in Pennsylvania. Wonderful. Well, I am so grateful to hear your story. What's your biggest challenge as a pastor? Uh, your biggest challenge to me as a pastor it's trying to be so many t- places at one time. Right. At, at times, you know, it, it can be very challenging because there's a lot of needs. Sure. And your heart, your mind goes out in several different directions. And sometimes you have to pick and choose. And um, you always have to be available for the people. I mean, that's day and night. Uh, a pastor, we hear these jokes, you know, Sunday morning for an hour on Sunday morning or maybe Sunday night for an hour or something like that. We, you hear those type of jokes, you know, you get paid for that. But a true pastor is 24-7. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and your challenge is always be there and be ready. Right. It's obvious to me that you love your job. Can I you? do. Yeah, it's not a job, is it? It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's yeah. right. It's, it's a, a call. calling. It's a call. Yes, it's is a call. Is there one particular aspect of your ministry that you enjoy? Oh, well, I I enjoy the preaching. Yeah, I really enjoyed that because you you get into so much in the Word of God. You learn. You have to study. You have to learn, and you learn so much yourself. You have to learn yourself before you can expound and help someone else. Right. You know. I, I love to study and I love to learn and dig into things. So, yeah, that I love the preaching. You have a huge ministry at your church that reaches all over the world. What is this quilt ministry I've heard of? 
this it's our women's ministry. Okay. We also have a men's ministry, which my husband Walter is over. But the women uh, do quilts. Um, we have some wonderful women. Uh, Sister Ruth and Sister Geneva are the main quilters because they have worked, you know, and Sister Geneva was a supervisor in a quilting factory years ago down in Livingston. But so they are kind of the directors uh, of it. And they um, these quilts that we make, we make for orphanages. We don't get anything out of these quilts. We put into these quilts. Uh, We've made them and sent them to Haiti. Um, We have quilts in India. Bean Station. Um, right now, we're making seventy quilts for um, an orphanage in Sevierville for a Church of God. Wow. We don't make them for certain denominations; we make them for where they're needed. Absolutely. And uh, so the, we're working on these quilts now. We probably have twenty done, and we're like fifty. I have quilted my first three quilts in my life. I've never quilted, but these ladies were determined that I was going to learn. So wow. I've I've done three. Uh, they have done a lot more than that, believe me. But but uh, we work together. And it's not just the, the work. It's the fellowship that we also have. We grow closer to one another through this fellowship. We have churches um, that are down in Middle Tennessee. I mean, on, on past, I'm sorry, down in West Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, that they have some quilting clubs. And some of the members down there belong to quilting clubs. It's not church-oriented, just quilting clubs that they love. Uh, they have found out about us, so we rarely buy material because they send us truckloads of material oh, wow, that's, that's left over from two or three quilting clubs. That's a treasure. Yes, so we, we really don't have to buy a lot as far as us, you know, making the quilts. We have a special lady that does quilts very cheap for us, so that's our good. ministry is expensive. able to spread. It yeah. is, yes. So, and your men's ministry, what's that? Um, our men's ministry, they meet. Um, they have... Uh, meetings together and of course when we meet we eat you know the ladies and the men (laughs) um they are there are some great men at our church and they don't have a kind of a ministry like that but when they have offerings or if they have funds if there is a need you know of any kind they too will reach out in in their finances or do whatever they can to help and our men uh are special guys they just they just really uh bill and menace and Bobby, my husband, Walt, I mean, you know, we've got some there that just reach out. And if there is a need, they do it. All I have to do is pick up the phone and say, guys, you know, one of the guys is so funny because um, when I call him and he sees it's me, he says, no, because oh, he knows. Funny. <laughs> At least he answers the phone, right? <laughs> yes, he knows. he knows. But but nothing have I ever asked any of them to step out and do that. They have refused. They'll say, we'll try. And That's they true. and they are. Very accomplished at what they try. You're listening to The Calling. We're here with Pastor Verna Seeger from the Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a moment. We're back with The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby and we're here with Pastor Verna Seeger from Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. And Pastor Verna would like to share a motivational moment with us. I would like to share some scripture with you this morning. From Isaiah, the 40th chapter, beginning of the 28th verse. These scriptures speak loudly to me and always have. In fact, I I love to turn to them sometimes just to read when I need something myself. The 28th verse says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, 
the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. To me, this brings comfort because I know that no matter if it's day, night, or when, I can turn to God because he doesn't get weary of hearing from me. He faints not. And I can turn to him with any kind of situation and any kind of problem. And then he goes on in these scriptures and he turns to us and he says something like this. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases that strength. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we as children of God get weary. We get faint. We get in times when we get disgusted. Oh, yeah. Pastors can get disgusted, too. <laughs> we, we go through so many things. We see so many things. And we need help. But he says he gives power to us. That power comes from a source outside of ourselves. We don't have that power, but he gives it. Our power runs out, but God's doesn't. And he said, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. There is times it matters not the age. It matters not the strength of the body. But your mind and your spirit can get so weary sometimes and so tired of the things that life dishes out to us. People go through many things in their life, many hard things. And I think that Satan loves to pile it on and make it even harder for us because he wants us to think that we're all alone in this situation. But then he gives us another verse that says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint in our weariness. And in our tiredness, sometimes we search for answers. We search for ways out. Uh, we search for solutions ourselves. And when we get in self, that's when we fail. When we get in self, we find out that we get, in, get, get into deep water that we can't hardly ever swim out of. But they that wait upon the Lord, and I'm not a very patient person at times. My husband's probably sitting here laughing. Um. A lot of people are not very patient and we want things yesterday or right now. And it doesn't always happen that way. They that wait upon the Lord, if we're crying out to God, um, I told my story about my brothers um, earlier about us finding each other after 39 years. That was a long while. That was a, a long wait. But let me tell you, it was worth the wait. It was worth the time and the effort that was put into it. So sometimes when we have to wait, we're waiting on the timing of God, and he knows when the time's right. He knows when things are perfect. But he's not just said that it will happen in, in his time, but he says something like this, you shall mount up with wings as eagles. The eagle flies higher than any bird. He soars upward and spirals right into the sun because he wears these sunglasses that's built in. And as he spirals upward, he soars over the top of the storms of his life. He soars over the mountains. 
He looks down into the valleys that gets pretty low. Uh, he's able to soar up high above the winds as he gets into the current and he he floats there above in the presence of God. And we can do the same thing. We can soar upward with God, but we have to wait on him. And sometimes he says, OK, it's just right. The time is right. Even if it's in the time of a storm or it's in the time of those things that we can go into the presence of God and be above the things that's that's down here that's causing us so much pain and sorrow. And he said, you know what, when you're renewed with this strength like the eagle, you're going to be able to run and not be weary. You keep on this race and you don't get as tired. You don't get as worn out from it because you're renewed in him. He gives you that strength and renews you and gives you the strength to fly. He said, you'll walk and not faint. A fainted person is a person that's out of it. They're unconscious. They faint away and they don't know what's going on. And sometimes, you know, the devil just likes to get our minds so boggled down that we just don't know which way we're going, what's going on or what's happening. And he can have a heyday with us. He can have a heyday with our ministries, our families, because when we fainted away, we're not praying. We're not seeking God like we need to. And so, therefore, the devil's trying to destroy what God is trying to do. And we need to stay alert. And alertness, we, we are aware of what's going on. And in alertness, we can see what Satan is planning. And, you know, God makes us aware. And that way, we know. So today, thank you. Please read these scriptures and apply them to your life. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. We're back with The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. And this morning in the studio, I have with me Pastor Verna Seeger from the Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. Pastor Verna, this is what many times becomes my favorite portion of the show because it's our five questions. Just rapid fire. You get to pass or plead the fifth on one question. So are you ready? Okay. All right. What is one food that you would never eat? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. You don't like cinnamon Mm-mm. at all. Okay, I call dibs on all your cinnamon then, because I love. Uh, my husband's cinnamon. already got the dibs. Oh man, I'm too late. <laughs> I don't even like the smell. Really? <laughs> no. Wow. Okay, no cinnamon for Pastor Verna. Um, okay, if there was a movie of your life, who would you want to play your part? Hmm, that one's a hard one. It really is. I know. Um, <laughs> right now, my mind's kind of blank. Okay, you, you can pass on that one. Or- uh, I think I will because I can't really think of one right now at that okay. point. If you were arrested for a crime, what would your family say your crime had been? Preaching too much. <laughs> I don't think that's a crime, Miss Verna. <laughs> uh, that's the way the world's going, it could be. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's true. Point taken. All right. If you could make a rule that everyone had to follow, what would it be? I think that we all should have respect one for another and love. I think that rule should stand out strongly. Um, I'm with you. Respect. I might not agree with you, but I can respect you. I love that. Say it again. Say it again. We we don't have to agree. I mean, we're different denominations. We're different people. But we should respect 
one another. I love that. All right. Last question. If you had a superpower, what would it be? To change people's hearts. Oh, my goodness. Pastor Verna from Monterey Church of God of Prophecy. Thank you so much, Pastor Verna, for being here today and for sharing your calling and your years in ministry as you have followed your calling. Each week, we will introduce you to members of the community who have followed their call to serve. I'm Denna Hornby, and this has been The Calling.